Nelson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, wrote in 1952, If we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root some unhealthy dependence and its consequent demand. Wilson suggested that if we could identify and continually surrender these unrealistic and unrealizable demands, that we may then be able to accomplish what he imagined to be the recovery's next frontier, something he called emotional sobriety. Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety, the podcast. I'm Tom Rutledge, and uh, with me today is is our wonderful uh, producer, and I think of his co-host, uh, Patrick Newman. Alan, uh, Dr. Alan Berger is um, a missing in action, on vacation, maybe off doing something extremely important. I don't know. Do you do you know where Alan is, Patrick? I think he's in Florida. And uh, it's a pretty nice time of year just to be chilling over there. I think he's with his um, his daughter, and uh, I think he's got a new grandchild uh, that might be hanging out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's got to be fun. You know, the, the next generation of burgers, little mini burgers. <laughs> mini, mini burgers. Ha- happy meals. Yeah. Have- <laughs> All right. Well, I love it. I love I love this conversation already. I love my uh, girlfriend calls him uh, Dr. Cheese. That's how she refers to him. Dr. Cheese. <laughs> so I, I, think, I don't call him that, but yeah. I think we should just start calling him that and just see how long it takes him to notice. It's like, we'll just, we'll just sit down. No, well, I told him he, he appreciated it. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. She came to one of the, we, her and I, um, my girlfriend, Maddie and I went to one of his workshops uh, before the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so she met him and uh, it was kind of cool. You know, it was, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, Herb was there as well. It was like one of Herb and Alan's oh, uh, cool. emotional sobriety workshops. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Cheese. I like it. Well, while while Alan is away, uh, I was thinking we'll talk. Well, I was thinking about we'll talk about Alan, but no, let's not do that. Let's let's we, this is your idea today. We, we thought, OK, what do we want to do? You know, if you and I are just going to talk, what are we going to talk about? And and you came up with what I thought was the, a, a great idea. And then you tell me if I've if I've captured it, because it's going to be about, it's going to be about communication. So if I'm having if we need we need to actually model decent communication ourselves. So we'll do our best. It's but it's it's about conflict resolution. It's about, and what I think of is what, what uh, it's like sort of when the rubber meets the road, it's, it's like we, we talk about all this emotional sobriety. We talk about the idea of what, you know, what the principles of emotional sobriety are. We talk about uh, overcoming our own emotional uh, dependence and our identifying our unrealistic expectations and bringing those expectations into line with reality. And we do all that. And, and we emphasize obviously that the intrapersonal work comes first in this process. So you work from the inside out, but ultimately it takes us into the real world where we have interpersonal interactions. And the way I, th- I think about it is it's like you, you know, we can learn to drive a car we can learn to drive a car in an empty parking lot and, and feel pretty masterful of how to drive the car, but then we got to take it into traffic and to take it into traffic. What is that relationships? So. Exactly. Uh, you always say, right. Um, anybody can have a good day on a good day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then, so I thought about, you know, um, the best way to use this time in arguments in um, relationships yep. with those dearest to us. Um, holding on to ourselves and learning to navigate the problems as they arise in an emotionally sober way. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. is something that I'm in the nascent stages of figuring out how to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you've been at this a while. And uh, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, in, in reading Bill Wilson's letter uh, and from which we derived the title of the podcast and then also mm-hmm. Alan's book, um, Bill's quote, for my dependency meant for me, dependency meant demand, a demand for the possession and control of the people and conditions surrounding me. So I think like mm-hmm. I couldn't help but kind of connect in my mind bad arguments or, you know, the kind of um emotionally uh emotionally unsober way of yeah. of managing conflict is an emotionally dependent way. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? Yeah, that? yeah, I think we and, I, and yeah, and I appreciate I appreciate that what you're saying. Uh, first of all, I love one. Of, you just said one of the the, the phrase phrases I've learned from from Alan's work that I that I, I absolutely love the most is is holding on to ourselves. It's like the idea because it's it's such it's such a simple little phrase, but it's it's like and but it applies to conflict resolution for sure. In the idea that that. You know, how can I how can I go into this? How can I go into a conversation in which and, you know, in some and, and these are going to be conflicts sometimes, but sometimes sometimes it's just conversation. And we and we approach, you know, maybe when I'll say a little bit more about that in a little bit. I hope I'll remember to do that is is the idea is that sometimes we approach communication in our closest relationships, interestingly, more there than in, in more superficial relationships. But we approach communication as if it is conflictual, even sometimes when it's not, even or when it doesn't need to be, where there's not necessarily disagreement, but there is you don't you don't have to have disagreement to have defensiveness. And so one of the things I always want people to do is pay attention to what your level of what do you feel in terms of your level of defensiveness? Uh, I've never been one to want to do you know the one to 10 scale, you know, I always hated that when people would say, if I go to the, if I go to the doctor and they say, your pain on a, on a scale from one to 10, I'm going like, well, you know, I'm thinking 10 must be where, when you cut my arm off. So, so no matter what I'm experiencing, it's probably a three, you know, I've never, you know, I'm just too, too much of a stickler for that. But in this case, I'm going to make an exception and say, I think it could be a good idea to put a little, little bit of some kind of rating on my level of defensiveness to say, okay, if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm feeling defensive about this, I need to realize I'm going to have to be more consciously aware, you know, that, than than in other situations and other communications where I am more relaxed uh, so that I don't get myself into, into trouble. Um, and, and because, yeah, yeah, you go. I, sure. I, I, lost, yeah. my, I lost my point. No, uh, I, 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 know what you're trying to say and it's hard Good. to go into a conflict <laughs> it's hard to go into a conflict with without your gloves up but i think that if you go in with a degree of humility and vulnerability and um curiosity i mean yeah and mm-hmm. but like it's really hard to disengage that mechanism of like i need to win this argument you know yes. i need to <laughs> i i need to really mm-hmm. sell my point of view um when and i think that's where i fall short a lot is that like I, um, you know, rather than really trying to hear the other person, I'm just trying to sell my point of view and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm making like the success of the argument contingent upon whether or not, like, you know, I don't know, I can get the other person to do what I want them to do. Well, yeah, it's, it's, and, and I, and, and see, I think what what we're talking about here is, yeah, and the language you're using right now is perfect for this because because it's like if we if we and it's one of the reasons it's really good to 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 talk out loud about it because because if you can if we can talk with somebody 
you know, somebody about how the process here, how, how we go into these conversations, we can even, those of us who've been working at this emotional sobriety thing for a while, you can recognize, you know, some words in there that really tip us off, which is, you know, when it's like, okay, you you know, we do, cause that's, and that's not unusual. We, we, we do go uh, have your gloves up. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a natural thing. It's, it's, so one of the first, one of the first, um, tips you know uh, you and i both shared a, a russell brandt uh, uh youtube thing the other day uh, that, or, or earlier earlier today as a matter of fact uh, that was uh about him giving some some tips about conflict res- resolution we should probably put a link of that to that on the in the show notes it was, oh yeah it was we'll really link good. we'll link the bullet points yeah, yeah it, it's it's uh uh but but <laughs> my favorite line in there is after he was given some of these tips and in, in, in the way that only russell brandt could do he goes you know you know what the world needs tips it's like <laughs> i'm thinking oh good patrick and i are going to be giving some tips later on and so the first tip here is going into when you going into a conversation that that you are perceiving as potentially conflictual we need to go back to one of the basic things we understand about emotional sobriety which is unrealistic expectations that's another piece that i picked up I, you know from the when we looked at we began to look at the whole recovery process through these lenses and i and hanging out with alan one of the things i picked up on is i love you know love questions are so powerful if you use them correctly that when I'm feeling distressed, you know, one question is always appropriate, which is what unrealistic expectations am I having? Okay. And in, in, in that case, I mean, again, it'll be different for every, every individual situation, but generally speaking, the, 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 the unrealistic expectation is this, this conversation with this person that I'm in a relationship with is, is, is a win lose battle and I must win, you know, now, maybe there probably are some places where there is like a win lose thing where one of we got to decide one way or the other, which we're going to go your way or my way. But a lot of times it's not even that. A lot of times it's just more of a, a conversation about how we are approaching things and how we're feeling about things. But so we're, we're really in a bad place if we go in beginning with the, with the expectation that I'm only, you know, and this comes right out of that concept in, in, in Bill's letter. I'm only OK if things go my way. That's a real big sticking point with me because um, I uh, I hate walking away from, you know, from somebody I care about after a fight and not having them think I'm the most amazing person they've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but that's just the way things are going to be. And I think like uh, recoveries right. help me to manage those expectations a little bit better. But, um, you know, I love the line in the in Alan's book. Um Emotional dependency makes people unimportant because we see them only as sources of approval or disapproval. Um, right. You know, coming off of, um, you know, for many of us, our sense of independence is imaginary. We are we are overly dependent on the people and circumstances of our environment for emotional support or security. And that's um, it's just it's kind of an unavoidable fact of life. Right. That like, Ooh. you know, we, uh, we we have an interdependence. And I think part of this process tying back into the argument, you know, resolving mm-hmm. conflicts is figuring out where those fault lines are and, um, you know, planning accordingly. Right. Yeah. Well, and you said something else that I want to touch on that's so, so important. And, and I, and, and we'd be, I'd, I'd be interested hearing from women about how, how their, their, their perspective of this, cause I, cause I know about 
mine. And, and I think, I think this is, there's to some degree, I think this, I'll be interested in your position about this is a, a gender specific kind of thing. But I, I often say that men very often have what I call the white hat addiction. It's like, we cannot, we really cannot stand the idea of not being seen as the good guy as, as not even just a good guy, but sometimes the hero, the guy that, you know, the, the guy who's, who's, who stands out against the guys in the, in the darker hats, you know, it's, and that is a completely ridiculous uh, expectation to have all the time. I'm not saying not to try to be good, because but the truth is, if we're be if we're being good, if we're working our our own program, if we're if we're paying attention to our own emotional sobriety, the truth is, uh, we are not in, in other people's views always going to be the good guy. You know, there are you know I have a, one of my little one one liner nutshell things says says sometimes in order to take care of yourself you have to disappoint others. And it's like that, that probably among all the ones, all those little nutshells that I have, I get people who have, have stronger reactions to that one than, than most all the other ones. It's, it's like it's like the idea that you're going to you're going to knowingly and I don't mean harm somebody. I mean, it, it may hurt, you know, and I always say there's a to me, there's a difference. I, I need to make a difference between hurt and harm. It's like if I make a if I make a if I make a change or if I have to do something in, in, in you know, in, in the you don't appreciate or you don't like I, you know, if I had to cancel this, this, this session today and we're not going to get to do our recording thing like that. And you were, you were, your feelings were hurt or you were mad because I can be kind of flaky as a historically, that kind of stuff. I get all that. You would have, you could have those feelings. It's like, it's like, but however, if I've gave you, if I, if I'd given you the, the, the notice and I'd let you know about this other stuff, what I would say is you, you were hurt in response to something I decided or something I've done, but I have not harmed you. So, so the, if you, if you know, if you, you know, of course you can claim that you can claim that I've harmed you. And, and if I'm in my codependent place and you're in your codependent place, we can have the argument from that point of view, which a lot of times in our relationships, in our marriages, and you know, in our, primary uh, relationships we we have that argument as if some horrible horrible harm has been done but the idea is we're we're going to be we're going to bump into each mm -hmm. other in these relationships and and i you know i may have a white hat if we if in terms of i'm taking good care of myself with this but it may you know it may not look so white to you it's like and what you're saying is i need you're saying your 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 sticking point is i need you to see this not right. me. I don't need, I don't need to feel okay. It's not about me feeling okay about what I'm saying. I need you to see it as okay and, and right. And me be being good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because as you, you know, uh, I think what was the term you used bumping up against each other, mm -hmm. like in, in life, there's going to be incongruities <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like for instance, a scheduling problem. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, that kind of exists on a separate wavelength from, you know, um, emotional, you know, approval, disapproval. Um, it's just going to be what it's going to be. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, rather than trying to white hat it, mm -hmm. I guess you just need to, the conflict needs to exist on, on more of the level of dollars and cents kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that, that you may, I, I, I think I might've almost made that point, but, but you brought, you brought it home. I just, when you said that it's like, yeah, that's a good example of, of like where, we really want to, if we step back and if we pan back and get a little distance on it, we kind of go like, wait a minute, why this, why is my self-esteem involved in this conversation at all? You know, it's, it's like, I'm a big believer that, that we get to choose our sources of self-esteem. I mean, when we really are emotionally dependent, what happens is 
everything seems to have the same importance. You know, it's, it's like, so, so that if I, if I, you know, my history would be that I'm, I'm a disorganized person and I, you know, I am, and, and not very good administratively. So if, if somebody's upset with me about that, then basically in, if I'm, if everything is, 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 is the same is rated as, as the same importance, then that's going to, that's going to be very hard, hurtful to me. And it's going to be hard for me to deal with. However, if I realize you know, I have different expectations of myself. I understand some of my limitations about that. I also understand I'm not particularly motivated to, to get over that. I'm, you know, I, I spend my energy doing other things that are more interesting to me, that kind of stuff. So the idea is I could say, I don't really take a lot of my self-esteem from how organized or how administratively effective I am. And I don't, it's like, so. Right. And you've learned, you've learned right to not go seeking your, sense of self-worth or your a sense of identity from a thing that you have no interest in and that right, uh, right. It would only and, be, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And when somebody has a problem with it, which I understand is pr practically can be that way because, because they're having to deal with me is I'm, I'm not here to make it. I'm not here to make excuses about it. I'm here to, I'm, I can certainly acknowledge it. I can go, yes, I do know, you know, I do know that sometimes it's, I, I am a bit difficult in that way. It's like, and, it, and what I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, fuck everybody. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try because I'm going to do that. But what I am saying is I'm not as I have in the past, and as so many of us have, but I'm not going to determine what I'm going to be focusing my energy on on a day-to-day -day basis based on what other people need from me. You know, that's not, that's not where I'm going to do that. I, I, you know, we only have, and this, this comes from, this is where you can tell me what it's like to be from where, where you are at your age, but Alan and I have, you know, conversations about this sometime because, you know, it's like at our age, you know, it, the fact that this is a short-term thing here on life, you know, is, is, is not an abstract concept. It's like, we get it. It's like, I don't want to spend my time worrying about things that ultimately when I get really honest with myself, don't matter, you know, and that, and, and to get, to bring us back to our, to the conversation of conflict resolution, a lot of times what that means is for us to be able to identify when we're in conflict communication, that if we're really honest with ourselves really doesn't matter to us. We don't, there really isn't something we need to win. It's like, it's, right. it's just, we just an opinion. It's just a feeling. It's just a thought, whatever it happens to be. But it's like, I don't need to have the level of investment that my defensiveness will have me put into it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Herb okay. Kagan is always talking about alignment and, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and how reality isn't like, we don't, it's not like an opinion or it's not something that, you know, we created our minds, you know, that, that is the objective thing that like, you know, we then try to attune ourselves to, and then, you know, make our decisions. But like, um, the, what the first thing that struck me about the emotional sobriety project is that, um, it like correctly assesses that physical sobriety is only the first stage. And mm -hmm. that, you know, and, and uh, we integrate the 12 steps and, you know, all this other recovery stuff, but it's like a lifelong process of finding that alignment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think like what you talk about just plainly stating that, you know, these are my strengths. These are things that I'm not so uh, you know, rigorous about. And mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I've made my choices and I'm like, not, um, not, uh, misadvertising myself 
about mm-hmm. those things. And so now you mm-hmm. have a choice to make. And I think mm-hmm. like, you know, just um, being real about, you know, who you are and who you're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then in the, in the, in the context of conflict, then putting the onus on that, on the other person to kind of like make the choices they need to make. Right. To be right with themselves. And then the chips are going to fall where they may kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, when you describe it that way, it's really good, Patrick, because what that does is it, is it makes you realize, you know, what the, what sort of what the end during the, the conflict communication it's like if i approach it with what how you just described that then what it really comes down to is how comfortable am i with my own imperfection you know and my own you know and what you know and we're calling it by different names where you're just saying no these are these are areas that you know and it's not just about things we're, we're particularly good at or not good at but it's also things we care about or don't care about as much I mean, I, the truth is, I just care about some things more than I care about other things. And it's it's like, you know, when in, in truly in, in the in the depths of our codependency, it's like, you know, we're we are we're in, in a no win situation because any most for most of us can identify with this is the idea that when we're full on into codependency or, or, or emotional drunkenness, we could call it is is any negative is going is going to trump any positive, whatever it is, it's going to, it's going to, you know, we, we, we say, we say that all the time. We go like, you know, there's 10 people, nine people say something nice about you. One person says something negative about you. Who do you go home thinking about, you know, but, but even within ourselves, we do that kind of thing. So the idea of getting the, the, I like the idea that what we're we're coming to in this conversation is the clearer I am about who I am and what matters to me, the more I know where I can focus, make my focus you know it's like for instance in a con in a conflict it's like rather than being right dukes up that kind of stuff if i am con- if i'm if i what if part of my you know my my russell brand tips i can put down there i can put down there um i i want to be uh sincere and i want to be genuine and i want to be honest you know, so 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 the person that you're talking to, even if they don't like what you're saying, uh, even if they're mad at you at the end of that conversation, you have a different checklist. Was I did, did I represent and what you're talking about is representing yourself well. No, I, I you know, I told the truth. And and that includes for all of us imperfect human beings. It's we don't have to get that exactly right, because 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 if I if I realize after a conversation with you that I, I was not completely truthful, then I want to be sure I have the relationship with you where I can contact you again and say, Patrick, I need to go over a piece of what we said before, because it's something I realized I said I, I thought I thought I meant this, but I thought about it some more and I don't. Or there's a piece of it that I need to do. So, so it's it, this. It's that tenth step that that when we're wrong, promptly admit it. That is such a such a freedom that we can basically say, I can do this, and I can walk away and and walk away with my integrity intact. And that's not about winning anything. That's just about being the best version of yourself you can be. Right. Um, it usually does take bravery to be honest in a conflict. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think in the, in the long view, it usually ends up being more of a benefit to be honest, even if you're saying the hard thing. And even if it's going to piss somebody off, I think Mm -hmm. that, um, there's always like, there's always a degree of maintenance and sweeping up that you, uh, 
avoid having to do when you're able in a uh, in a conflict to just <laughs> say yeah. the hard thing and just uh you know confront it um sooner rather than later yes and 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 this let's look at that from the other side too because that when you that brought that up that i could feel that in my chest from my own personal experience is is that also it's really and this is this is takes 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 guts to be honest but it takes also takes guts to be willing to let the other person be honest without without interrupting it's like without because when we're interrupting we're we're defending and mm-hmm. and it's i mean in most all cases it's like so the i you know i i i always say that the 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 moment i could take you to the moment in time where i think i actually had the conscious thought that so I think I'm an adult now. And it was a time when my wife was telling me about pain, hurt that she had that that I was responsible for, you know, that I, you know, and and I had we had been in I'd been plenty of individual therapy at the time. We'd been in couples therapy. And I I it was, you know, I don't I I didn't have I wasn't overwhelmed with this particular wonderful insight at the moment, but I but looking back, I could get this is that I neither what I say is is I neither defended nor crumbled. You know, I would because that was the, those were the two choices I think I had when I was in the Duke's up position of like, like I'm either going to fall collapsing on myself and feel horrible about myself uh, or I'm going to I'm going to keep fighting. Yes, but yes, but yes, but you don't understand. I need you to understand. You need to, you know, I just need you to one of my favorite lines. Was, I just need you to understand this one thing. You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's like. But the idea that, that we can it also takes tremendous amount of courage to listen carefully to when somebody is saying what what they're feeling. And we are, in fact, you know, it's you know, I get I get all the part about, well, like, oh, you can't make me feel, you know, I feel you made me feel bad. Well, I can't make you feel bad. You have to do that. You know, we got all that language, you know, but sometimes just hell with that stuff. It's like we're in a real relationship. This, this we're talking just re- re- normal language, which is you've done something that has caused caused me caused me pain. It's like, all right, I need to be able to hear that. I need to be able to listen to that. I need to be able to acknowledge it. Uh, probably apologize when I'm ready to apologize for that. But the apology is not as important as I used to think. Acknowledging it, that's, you know, and of course, um, the ultimate, the ultimate, you know, thing to do in, in, in where, where you have those conversations of conflict is to determine where each person needs to make amends. And as my first sponsor in the program, you know, drilled into me, the word amend does not mean apology. It means change. You know, so ultimately, you're, you know, when my when I'm standing in that position and my wife is talking to me about her pain and I'm getting it, that this is this is this is significantly on me and I need to accept that and hear it in my breath. It's like uh, then there's nothing I can do about that in that moment because amends is going to happen going forward. You know, I can, you know, I can say, I can promise I can do this, but, but that's all, but most of the time, that's all going to be going toward what you were saying before, trying to win her back over to see me as a good guy. But, but, you know, I'm a good guy, you know, you know, you know, I'm good at my word. I, you know, I don't do this kind of stuff. It's like, instead of saying, I know that I, I, this is true. And I know that I need to make these changes. And so the strength, the like, strength was in the acknowledgement. Yeah. And, and, and not, not insisting 
that into myself ultimately, because because she wasn't going to respond to my insisting of how she should feel, but not insisting to myself that she not be upset with me. It's okay. It made when I listened carefully, it made sense that she's upset with me, you know. And I and I always and I always like when I'm telling somebody else about this, like when I'm working with them in therapy, I, and I use this example. I always point out that that. I, I, I'm pretty sure that if I could go back to that time I'm thinking about, I at that moment in time and probably still to this day, I don't personally think every single thing she was saying about me was true. OK, I mean, I'm not saying she had it down perfectly, whatever. But see, the, 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 what I had to learn was was the imperfection here. I had to I had to go, listen I listen from a bit broader perspective, from a bigger, from a, a bigger part of myself so that I didn't, because that's, that's what I would do, use the yes, buts for. I could, you know, it's like a lawyer picking a case apart. It, you know, it's like, Oh no, but this is, this is not true. It's like, yeah, but the bigger, what I needed to get was no, the bigger truth here is that, that I had some responsibility that I needed to face and I need to listen to that. And it's like, in that way, these are what I call in, in my uh, my first book, Simple Truth. I call conversations to convey rather than to convince. We're just I need to get that information. I need to, and she and I would think that she would say, and I'm pretty sure we covered that in a couple of therapy after that. She would say she needed me. She needed to to get it out. She needed to say it. Probably being for a change, not interrupted constantly by my my control freak inside, and uh, and I you know and I could tell you, couldn't tell you a thing about how she felt about that one conversation I'm remembering right now. But what I know for me is that there was there was a turning point because I wasn't I wasn't running, I wasn't I wasn't crumbling, and I wasn't fighting back. I was just being there. That's the real challenge in my mind is in how, how in real time do, do these principles of emotional sobriety express themselves. And so you were able in the conflict to recognize that, you know, this isn't about parsing details so much as she needs to mm-hmm. say what's I, true and kind of like con- convey how she's suffering and that you and need I, to and I owe it to her to listen to that and hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it was really about. And I think like, you know, not sober Patrick, in fights with people wouldn't be able to like parse right. that, you know, right. I would just be, right. uh, you know, and, and so I guess, yeah, I mean, that's the hope is that through repetition and, um, you know, all these other recovery practices kind of synthesizing them mm-hmm. um, that I will get better at, at handling the shit in real time. Right. It's, it's, yeah. And it, but it, it take, but we, you know, I I don't think we can emphasize enough what you just said in terms of with repetitious practice. I mean, it's, it's like the truth is, if you want to learn to play the piano, you got to practice the piano. If you, you know, if you want to learn to do anything, including communicate better, you have to practice it. And, uh, and and you have to let go of the part of talk about an unrealistic expectation. The, you know, we we make the mistake, I think, in a lot of us who are, who are self help seekers and and and, and go, we go to personal growth workshops and therapy and stuff, make the mistake of um, and I think including some of us who do the work, we I've certainly had to address this myself, is thinking mistakenly thinking that concepts themselves will will change us. But concepts don't change anything, you know. Concepts they, if we're not careful. 
they they will work against us because we we will we will become overconfident thinking now that I understand this idea of this part of myself and this part of myself and this then I I'll, I'll probably be better. It's like not until you actually decide how you're going to translate that into practice. Yeah. You know, that's I mean that's that's the that go back to the metaphor of learning to drive in the in the parking lot and then going into traffic. This no, this is where you're you were near near nearer where you are this this is going into not just traffic let's go into tra- la traffic you know you, you made me think of um you know when i made my amends um to my parents for my behavior while i was uh you know using drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and uh i don't know how well i did that i'm pretty sure i didn't you know do it that great but um i uh I'm certain you didn't, but I'm, but I'm, I'm certain <laughs> that's the way it, it tends like, to, ha- yeah, that's the way it tends to happen. Right. Is that like, we kind of right. suck at it the first try, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, I don't know, maybe I'll go back for another bite at some point. Well, but, but the, but the other part is that, the, you know, what's, what's important. I mean, we look at that. It's like, well, what's important is that you love your parents and they're top of the list on making amends. It's like, you know, what's important. Well, your parents still love you enough to listen to you, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Can you tell me pretty huge? How, how did, cause was that, um, conversation with your wife like mm-hmm. fairly long ago? And so it, mm-hmm. you've had, you've had some time yeah. to like, let it sit. And was there mm-hmm. like, was there like a positive resonance? Like after that, at some point that like they did, did it at, at a certain point, we were able to look back and be like, well, you know what? Things are going pretty well. And I can trace that to yeah. however well that. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, and that's a, um, um, yes, but, 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 the, but the, the, there's a couple, the two points to be made there. One is, yes, it did. It, you know, I, I, because I do, you know, and this is where hindsight is the best insight. I mean, the idea is at the time, all I know was that that conversation sucked. I hated it. It felt like I remember the feel. I can remember the feeling in my chest and, and, and I can feel it. You know how you, when you go back to those things, you know, emo, emotions don't exist in the past or the present. They, they're all, I mean, in the past, they're, they're always in the present. And so I can still feel residual. A lot of it's been processed, but it's interesting. It's such a, it's, it's such a big deal. I can still feel it in my chest. I can still feel kind of almost like you feel what it feels like to have uh, tears welling up in your eyes. You know, this idea that it's just so difficult. And part of it's the the recognizing and letting myself in on the idea that I've done something that has that, you know, not. And see, this is one of the pieces to learn was it wasn't because I was a bad guy. It's because I was me and I was and I was screwing up. It's, it was, you know, it was, and, and so everybody's imagination is not going crazy. It's just, this was about uh, how this is early in our relationship. And, and Didi was much more responsible about handling money than, than I was. And I, and I did, you know, and I had a, up to that point gotten, you know, gotten into a lot of debt and done a lot of really stupid things that was, that was putting a lot of pressure on, on, on her as well as, uh, you know, in, in, as well as me and, and that, that she didn't deserve. So, um, but what I will say is, though, I didn't know it right away. And it's like, and so I think part of this is, you know, you have to have endurance. This is, and I think this is one of the lessons of emotional sobriety too. Is the idea that that we're not we're not always going to, you know, we have to let go of needing that feedback from the other person all the time. 
It's like, it's okay. I mean, I, I think about that period of time in, in my relationship and I, 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 when I think about that, I can, I actually know where the journal is. You know how sometimes you just know where things are. I'm looking at a trunk across the room where I am right now. I can take you to the journal where there's a journal that just has what I was writing all the time and journaling at that time. And it just has the date and all it says in that one, there's only one entry in that day. And it says, this woman hates me. <laughs> and that's it. It's like, it's like, and I, you know, and I don't know what Didi would say about that day. If we, if she could travel back that day or not, but it's like, from my perspective, that was just the damn truth. It's like, like she hated me and it's, it's like, and it felt like that. And, I, and, and, and so when I tell people, it's like, okay, so, you know, this is, you know, this that's is, a pretty solid entry, you know, brevity yeah. is the soul of wit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but we're, but I want you to know that's been, that's actually been, you know, probably, well, probably in a couple of decades now. It's like, like, uh, um, you know, we're, but the good news I want people to know who are, who are willing to do the work of relationship is, is that's how you do it. It's, it's like, this is the same person that, you know, that we're looking forward to, to our, one of our favorite TV shows to, to watch tonight when, you know, when, when we get all our, our stuff done around the farm, it's like, you know, we love each other. We, you know, but, but we, it's, you know, it's, it's been, it's, it's, we fought hard, you know, both of us in our, you know, in recovery together, each of us doing our individual recovery as well as our, our recovery together to get to that place. It's like, it's like, I think as we're, the more we're talking, the more I'm thinking is in terms of the whole idea of expectation is that, um, it's like we're, what we're talking about is don't, if I was given advice about relationships, it would be don't jump to conclusions. Don't, don't jump to conclusions because this woman hates you today that that has to be, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, I, because I come from a long line of martyrs and victims. It, it's like, I could take, I could take that position and then just feel horribly sorry for myself and find my way, you know, to either, you know, to, to probably passively destroy the relationship from there. But f- f- this time around, I didn't, you know, you know, I don't know exactly. I can tell you the exact next, next next steps that happened. But what I do know is that neither one of us gave up, you know, that we that we that we stayed in to these these relations, these, these communications, these relationships. And we learned that, you know, that we could both have our own feelings and we didn't. Ha- and that's another piece. You don't have to comp- always want people to know you don't have to compete for the feelings. It's like, I mean, this may seem, you tell me if this sounds, sounds simplistic. Maybe everybody in the world knew this, but I, but I didn't, but I remember the, the one time when I realized when Dee, Dee said to me one time, she said about how angry she was. And I, and I, and I said, I am too. You know, and I, and I, re, and from that point of view, again, with hindsight, but it's like, it's like, I realized, oh, wow, I'd grown up in a system in which whoever got to the anger first got to be angry and the other one had to be guilty. There was, there was some kind of rule there. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but the idea is we were both pissed off at each other. And it's like, and of course, what are you going to do with that? It's like, like, we're not going to walk away saying you were right and I'm, I'm wrong. It's like, well, I'm, we're both right about what we're feeling, you know? And, and so having your own feelings. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most productive things you can do in a conflict, right. Is to tie, is to tie uh, the mode of conversation to feelings on both sides. Right. And that's what I struggle most to do is just naming what I'm feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I probably just kind of inherited some of my dad's stoicism. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, that has been counterproductive, I think, Mm -hmm. in trying Mm -hmm. to disentangle myself and, 
from in arguments with people. Yeah. So well, um, and when yeah. in doubt, when in doubt, you can. There's also a wonderful phrase or ways you can do this. You can just say, "I don't even know how to name this exactly, but this is really hard for me." You can just say, "This is difficult." Yeah, you know? because sometimes the other person will forget. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's like it's like I'm just you know I couldn't even you know just and that's just being more vulnerable because you're owning not only not only am I feeling things I can't even figure out what it is. I, all I know is this is really this is really difficult. And so what happens is you know and what happens when we get into those, at least for me when I get in those places well, you know it's 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 you know if anybody's ever tried to 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 rescue somebody from drowning. It's like, you, you know, I have <laughs> my buddy didn't know how to swim and we were caught. In a I, I, I almost I, well, I, I was just in a swimming pool and there was this fourth grade girl and, and I was doing I was a camp counselor and that little skinny fourth grade girl. I swear. I felt like she's going to kill me. It's like because she because she panics. You know, she got she she you know she didn't know what she's doing. She climbs up on top of my head, you know, holding me. I I had not been trained in, at that point at all about how to rescue somebody, obviously. And so basically, and I think that's what happens to us when we get in those situations. We feel like we're drowning and we panic, you know, and we and we're not thinking things through, you know. So the idea of being able to hit the pause button and just say, you know, this is really hard. You know, for me, I need some time. It's, uh, you know, one of the, I have a, um, we can put the link, we can put the, the, I think I sent this to you ahead of time. We can put the link in the notes too. It's called, it's, it's a handout I have called communication 101 that I use for couples uh, that I work with, but it could was for any kind of communication, but it has, it has these tools in, in that, that just to help people have something to, to work with. And one of them is just that is, is, uh, what, what, you know, take breaks. And, and, uh, the, the, one of them is called backtracking, which is just to say, you know, let me, let's try this conversation. Sometimes you can say it right now, just again, you know, it's like, like I, you know, I have, I have one of those little, um, I don't think I have it here, but I think it's at my office. It's a, a little Hollywood. What are they called? You probably know you're a film guy, a clacker. I call them clackers. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the sticks. The clapper board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is it called a clapper board? It's like, yeah. So I have one of those in my office and I, and Not I was, sticks, I was, but yeah. I was working with a, with a, with a couple and, 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 they, and, uh, they were they were talking and, and I and I and these guys were good sports and I and I just said at one point I said cut just cut and, and it's like I looked at the guy and I said okay I want you I want you to actually say pretty close to the same lines you just said but and I held the clapper board up ready to go to start the scene again I said but this time don't play it as an asshole you know and 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 this this guy knew me pretty well so he 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 just looked at me kind of funny and then but then he played it out perfectly said almost the exact same thing brought the tone into into place where it's like he could actually just was just actually conveying something rather than pushing something and and it's like we did the scene differently so that's to me yeah, that, we want that, we that, want that more tom hanks more tom hanks and less mickey rourke <laughs> yeah. that's right exactly yeah, this is your area. This is good. It's it's like and and just because so often, I mean, this is one of the things that I that I actually just find fascinating working with couples a lot of times is is, is so often it's, it really is how I've, and I have worked with some actors who have said to me at times, oh, we did the same exercise in acting class, <laughs> you know, and I'm more than once I've heard people say that and they go like, yeah, because it really has to do with how you say it. 
You know, you could say you can almost say the exact same line and deliver it in a different way. And but it's that's how that's how you're basically letting somebody know it's safe. I'm safe. You know, and uh, so the, the but, but we, let's remember to put this uh, communication 101 thing in the in the notes that we can. Uh, we'll, so that'll be our uh, following Russell Brand's Brand's uh, uh, tips. We'll we'll give our tips. We'll put his and we'll put ours. And um, okay. I think just um, arguing and the, and the arguments that matter is bound to be like the most inelegant process ever. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. if you hold on to yourself <laughs> and um, if you uh, refer back to, you know, all these um, sub processes of emotional sobriety that we've been going through with you mm-hmm. week to week, um, you will uh, be able to fight better and hopefully bring down the temperature in some of these important and, conversations. And, and absolutely. And I think one of the points you make really well too, Patrick is, and it's just going to be messy. You know, it's like, it's not, it's, there's nothing, you, you know, just, I mean, I mean, that's even how, how this conversation feels to me. It feels, it feels like what I think about as I'm sitting here going, okay, what, how do we do? What do we, what do we do? I, go, I think we talked about a lot of important things, but we talked about them however they came up and that's, you know, and that's uh, the way that works. And it's like, you know, you know, and when, you know, when you, you, you practice what you know, and then you keep practicing that. And then when you, when you, and when you hit a place where you need to know something else, keep seeking it. Go. I mean, I don't, we can't, we could make, we could probably make this a, a tag phrase for our thing or our whole podcast thing is because, because the idea is don't ever, ever hesitate to reach out and ask for some help. Because mm-hmm. because isolation, no matter what you're dealing with, is the one that the, the the ultimate killer in all of this. Just demystify it. Yes. All right. Well, uh, next week, um, Alan Berger should return, and you know who's joining us next week is Brian Lutz as well. All right, Brian. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be a nice, flavorful mix of personalities. So please join us. Thanks. Thank you. Peace out, man. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with Then with glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Entertain me like nobody else So here's to us My old friends Until it's time to drink the wine And break the bread again With glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories Bring your stories Back to me